begin with one minute of silence, and then explore whatever arises. So please join us for this one minute of doing nothing. Anything you noticed right now in particular? Yeah, it was, um, I think a couple of things, it was more of uh, a thought that was coming to my mind that what is a neutral emotion? I, I was like checking on my emotion in this, in this one minute silence. And I was checking, okay, you know, what am I feeling right now? It was kind of a question that I, that I was asking myself. And it was, okay, there is curiosity, there is excitement, but at the same time, there is this, this boredom, which is of, of the moment, you know, that there is nothing happening in this moment. So these were like various emotions that I was experiencing. And then I was asking, this question came up that, okay, what is a neutral emotion? Or, you know, what is something when there is no such emotion you know which are labeled and we when we take away all these labels and these kind of emotions or extremes of emotions that we experience then what happens this was just a curiosity what is that neutral state uh, or let's let's say that neutral state because a lot of people say uh, in meditation that they experience this uh, happiness this natural bliss in the neutral state but then the question was arising that even that bliss is it actually neutral or not or is it also you know an emotion uh, which is not neutral mm -hmm. yeah this was that has a that has a qualitative tone to it in one particular direction of it being a good thing yeah yeah or something desirable yeah yeah what did what you find you, i uh I was just inquiring, so there was no answer yet, but uh, it was, I I was kind of uh, thinking about my past experiences, uh, what, what, uh, what I have experienced maybe in those deeper states of meditation and that state of neutrality does have a sense of, uh, for me, it does have a sense of bliss to it. Hmm. But then, then the question is that, is it actually that neutral state or is it again something we, because so we that define that. Mean that it's not neutral. Hmm. Like, yeah, this, this is a question actually, is it neutral? Right. <laughs> Would you be interested in maybe going back into that question for like 30 seconds or something and I could do it too. And the yeah. listener, the listener could also, if, if you want to. Maybe just, I don't know how you would phrase it, but just kind of looking at what is the lack of feeling or something like that. Mm -hmm. yeah, or yeah, what is, what might be that emotionless state, maybe something like that. What does it feel like to be outside of emotion or without yeah. emotion? Yeah, yeah. I think that's a good exploration we can do. Okay. Just try that for like 30 seconds and we can start that now.
Okay, it's about 30 seconds. Hmm. What did you find? Mm. Well, I will say I don't think I was, at least it's not apparent to me that I was in either a state that I liked or disliked mm -hmm. um, or wanted or did not want. Mm. And I think I was ready to come back into talking, but also could have stayed there longer. Mm -hmm. um, something in terms of uh, just a, both, I guess, a physical feeling and a visual whether or not this is related to trying to think of what it feels like to not feel anything, mm. I felt like I got larger um, or taller or almost like I shot up vertically. A mm. uh, couple things happened for me. How about for you? Mm. Uh, for me, it was, I, I, I got to the point, you know, it was kind of a realization that the emotion is somehow preceded by thought. So as soon as I'm thinking about something, you know, okay, uh, what is, you know, let's say I'm thinking about someone I, I, I love or, you know, some happy situation in the past, I would start feeling that emotion in my body. But if I'm thinking about, you know, war, poverty and all these things, then it would bring this sad emotion. So then I came to this point wherein I was, uh, you know, saying, okay, let's, let's be in a state of no thought you know, in, in that blank state. So then what I experience, and then I would like, like, I think I was, I could not label it anymore. It was just blank. You know, if, if I label it, I would say it was a blank state of being in which actually there was, you know, maybe if in meditation earlier that I was talking about, if I do experience that bliss, but right now, when I went to that state of blankness, it was just blankness and nothing. Hmm. So I, I cannot actually describe it, you know, what, what that felt like. Yeah, interesting. So maybe a feeling of bliss or joy potentially has an implicit tie to some sort of thought hmm. that it could be associated with and if you're in a state outside of the thinking mind mm. potentially that's a realm beyond any notion of good or bad yeah but as soon as the thinking mind is online then there is some association with mm. that potentially something yeah. that's interesting you say that because i'm just thinking of that makes sense to me any sort of happy feeling or joyful feeling, even if maybe it feels like it's coming from the depths of my soul mm. is maybe inevitably tied to the, the thought of something like a relationship that I have, like I have these really warm feelings. Yeah. Well, and maybe that's interesting too. I wonder, am I having the feeling first? Because potentially that could come from my quote unquote source and it's just there to feel at any moment. And then I'm sort of finding an object in my current life mm. that I can associate with that feeling that mm. the feeling maybe reminds me of, or is it the other way around that that feeling is dependent upon these mm. things in my life that mm. I have. And if not for them, maybe the feeling wouldn't be there. Mm, interesting. I, I And uh, like, this makes me question like, is it also possible that the thought might not be conscious and it might be like something going on in the sub subconscious, which is causing that feeling? Hmm. Uh, you know, let's say um, I was reading about something and uh, there was this example, I don't remember that book, but there was this example in which the person was saying that, you know, a person was walking on the street and suddenly he started uh, having, uh, you know, this author started having memories of you know of, of a particular instance in childhood and he, he didn't realize that that why is it happening why is he getting those memories and why is he getting those emotions in his body and later on when he when he thought about it and he contemplated he realized that there was a smell you know in the air that reminded him of his childhood 
so he said that a lot of our thoughts are like you know sub coming from the unconscious subconscious it's happening it is creating that thought but and in, in eventually that is creating emotions but we actually don't know what that thought is or where is it coming from and then that implies that the feeling would be based on our conditioned association with whatever that subtle thing might be in our environment that is otherwise a neutral potentially thing yeah. even if it's a a sweet smelling flower or something maybe somewhere along the line we developed a conditioning to see that as a positive thing yeah. where if we had some other negative association with that flower yeah. it would be something else yeah 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 so i was i was uh, when you when you talked about the source i was asking this question that what is that source is it is it is it actually a pure neutral state or is it it, it might that source might also be somewhere in the subconscious so i was then you know asked questioning my own meditation experiences that let's say uh, if i'm going into that deep meditation state and i'm experiencing that bliss is that bliss the source or is that bliss this subconscious conditioning that meditation does give me a good experience because there was mm. this sense of expectation there you know to have that good experience mm. yeah it's really interesting for whatever reason i just thought of the notion of like god and the devil or and or light and dark mm. uh or any of the variety of polarities of something that is seen as good and bad mm. and that maybe there's also something underneath both of those or between both of those yeah i was just thinking of the source potentially as the thing that's under that's beyond good and bad mm. but that good and bad are like both maybe equal parts of this thing that's mm. the source because mm. I, i guess i often have a connotation or kind of how we're talking about it now like the source is this source of goodness mm. um or a really good feeling or warmth or whatever it is and i guess mm. all of those might fall more on the side of if you're going to use the terminology of god and, and the devil or mm. we could just use that terminology that i feel like those would probably fall more on the side of quote unquote god um yeah. but maybe there's a way in which that source is coming from something that is on neither side yeah like like a vacuum you know hmm. like the state of nothingness and and i was also uh, uh you know this this also reminds me of uh, like meditation experiences near death experiences and all that and maybe i was thinking that maybe someone let's say let's say someone is having a near death experience and maybe it's their expectation of having that experience that is making them have that experience you know someone who is maybe uh wanting to experience that bliss joy and god and you know being one with god is making it's maybe that creation of their mind you know i'm just kind of questioning that right uh -huh. now or, or is it actually there that bliss and joy and oneness merger that a lot of people you know experienced uh, during a near death experience hmm. or is it actually there but this also then brings me to the question that there are a lot of times people don't uh, you know believe in these things and that reminds me of people who uh, have had near death experiences who who never believed in god or never believed in uh, you know source or something beyond the physical life but they did have that experience hmm. so mm -hmm. it's like yeah I'm, i'm actually not sure about this and confused that is it our mind having that expectation which is creating that experience or is it there which i guess might imply some separation between mind and the experience or it mm. 
because I guess the way I'm thinking about it is like there's some mind that is separate from this potential phenomena or this experience of God or the source or whatever it might be. Mm. And then that separate mind either can believe in the source or not believe in it. Mm. And that might lead them to have some experience of it. Uh, but would that then mean, hmm, this is, it's a tough thing to talk about because I feel myself sort of getting lost in the, the midst of it and then coming back to the question of what would it even matter if they did believe in it so that led it to happen or yeah. if they didn't and then that led it to happen or if they didn't believe it and then it happened. Yeah. This also reminds me too of the, or I don't know if it reminds me, but I'm just thinking now of the limits of like the thinking mind mm. in this realm Mm. and the value of just slowing down or even giving up, like trying to figure stuff out and coming back to just feeling. Because um, mm. that's like a proof of something that, mm. that you can feel and just sense that is here right now. Yeah. I'm thinking of koans too, like the, the value potentially of a koan to, I don't know if you feel that as we're discussing this, but like I feel sort of a confusion or a sense of lostness in discussing this topic mm-hmm. and the value of a koan potentially. I don't know if, if we I think we probably mentioned koans before, or if the, if I believe you're familiar for the audience, a koan is like from the Buddhist tradition using little stories or a question that is meant to knock you out of the thinking mind paradigm and like short circuit the thinking mind and its attempts to figure things out that it maybe implicitly cannot figure out. And Mm. through that short circuiting, just open back up to like, oh yeah, this is, the answer is here. And Mm. it's not somewhere for my thinking mind to figure it out. It's Mm. in my felt experience right now, if only I can stop trying to figure out it out and just look at it and feel it. So the, uh, they kind of guide you to back to your experience rather than thinking about it, right? Hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm just now again then questioning the value of thinking that doesn't, does it even have a value or, you know, how, how can thinking benefit? Maybe then, you know, it's just about experience. But what then I feel is maybe to share that experience with each other, then thinking is required. Mm. Because, uh, you know, let's say I'm having this experience of what is now in this moment, you are having your own experience. But for for us to kind of share that experience and maybe potentially understand that experience, because I don't know if if, if it is even required to understand that experience. But to uh, to to share that and to know for me to know what you are experiencing, it's is maybe that thought is that helping me. You know, this discussion and the thought is helping in that manner. That right. now I can know what is your experience. What do you think about that? And I guess there's a way in which it could go either way. Like mm-hmm. we could get caught in the weeds of thinking, and then maybe through that become further and further separated from each other. Mm. Um, But then there's also a way in which we can utilize thinking to try to connect each other. Um, Mm. And maybe it is needed. And and I believe you've said something about this before, wondering about if there is the possibility to communicate sort of without Mm. words or without thinking. Mm. My guess is probably there is, but it might require maybe a fair amount of trust between two people or familiarity, maybe not even, f- maybe familiarity in a certain sense. My, my, my feeling is that you can co- connect with someone as if you had spent a hundred years together, depending on both of your kind of openness to each other in the moment. Yeah. Um, but what I'm hearing you say is maybe like the greatest value of thinking might be to take a feeling that is just here that maybe internally 
you don't need any thinking to do anything. Yeah. Um, but that it's potentially really valuable in sort of conceptualizing the feeling and trying to put it into some form where I can send it over to you and share it with you. Mm -hmm. right. And then gauge what your feeling is. And then yeah. you might use your thinking mind to say, is it like that? Or what is it kind of like, how could I represent this feeling to another person? Yeah. Um, and then just sort of resonate back and forth or not. Mm. Yeah, maybe. And maybe, you know, as you said, maybe if we let's say don't discuss about it and don't share this, thought, these thoughts with each other. If we can, I don't know, maybe it can, it is possible that uh, if we totally surrender to this moment, in, in each other's presence, you know, uh, maybe there comes a point of time when we can start also feeling, I'm just guessing this, I'm, I don't know if this is true or not, uh, in which we start feeling each other's experience rather than trying to explain it to each other. Hmm. Maybe this is how, you know, uh, some other civilization communicates with each other, you know, some other species, or maybe this is how telepathy works that uh, we are totally, totally surrendered to this moment, totally just experiencing and being in each other's presence might not be physical presence, vicinity, but just, you know, being with each other uh, in, in this way, even, you know, through a Zoom call. Uh, if we totally surrender to that and just trust that, yes, I will be able to experience what you are experiencing, then there comes a point of time maybe we, when we start experiencing that, I don't know, mm -hmm. that, that is a possibility. It's interesting too, like the, uh, the notion of that happening mutually mm. or the notion of that happening from sort of one person tuning into what another person is feeling in particular, if that makes sense. Cause it's making me think of maybe the work that we both do mm. um, with individuals. Um, mm. If, if, as the listener, if you haven't heard us mention a part of our work, both of us individually work with clients mm. from, from our own different perspectives, but just doing individual work on life and mm. things that a person might struggle with and just sort of helping from a variety of different directions. I believe Sakib does more kind of based on me <clears throat> meditation in particular. Mm -hmm. I come from more of a psychotherapy background, but my guess is probably our work my feeling is it might be pretty similar uh, yeah. just based on the way that we connect with each other. Um, but I'm thinking like in that scenario, working one-on-one -on -one with a client, mm. our discussion is making me think of this, that really, at least for me, all of my energy is like, my effort is to try to, as much as I can sort of get in the feeling of the person that I'm working with mm. uh, to understand that in a felt sense to sort of, you know, above and beyond the words that they're telling me, try to get a sense of what it feels like. Um, yeah. Which I think that's why visuals are so helpful to me or talking about things less conceptually because then they're sort of, I'm attempting to recreate their conditions in my own felt experience. And then I can go in and say, well, what is this? What does that feel like for me? And, and then I can expand on that and try to share it back and then I think we might come to a much closer resonance of feeling than if we're talking about things in a more intellectual or thinking mind way. Mm. Um, and in that case, there's sort of, there's one, I mean, maybe it's happening both ways, but in that case, I th there's one person who's trying to attend to the other. Uh, but, and then what I hear you describing, which seems interesting to me is like two people at the same time sort of silently attending to each other yeah. Yeah. and and then like what is it that you would be attending to because you're both sort of attempting to drop uh your own feeling and attend to what the other person is feeling and which seems like a really interesting exercise to me and what would you be feeling into then because you're you're sort of both attempting to empty yourself and feel into the other one, um, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, and I, I I believe that it happens also because, you know, when 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 you see people who are like, 
who have this uh, deep connection with each other and you know maybe people who are empaths uh, they they somehow start guessing uh, or somehow start knowing what the other person is feeling and I, i believe this happens a lot in relationships you know especially in romantic relationships or you know relation or maybe relationships of a mother and a daughter or a son or whatever that is in which somehow the, the other person starts knowing what the other person is feeling you know be, even them before talking about it hmm. and i have had those experiences and i think that's what what it is about that's that might be similar to what we are talking about what do you think hmm. tell me what you think about this cuz my first thought in response to that is you might run into trouble of potentially even like projecting that feeling onto the person in a way uh in in a way that you're getting more and more familiar with them yeah maybe you are seeing something but maybe there's a way that you're also limiting what their experience could be mm-hmm. in the moment um i don't know that this is true but this is something that i continue to question for myself because i know the subtleties of my own feeling mm-hmm. and there's always so much nuance to what i feel and i can generally like really change how i feel depending on my awareness of myself or my openness to myself i might start down the path of a maybe a thought that i feel anxious or i feel down or i feel stressed or whatever it is and those all have their their sort of storylines associated with them that start to build and build mm. and then i have also the possibility of noticing that momentum begin and i can slow it down and say well what is actually what's actually happening right now it's not any of those things it's mm. there's just a bunch of stuff um they might it might be familiar relevant to an experience i've had in the past mm. but it's also in a way totally new and then by interacting with the feeling in that way my experience can totally change or it might stay down that path depending on the momentum of it that's already started mm. um and i noticed that for me in relationships too like i think i inevitably create this idea of another person sure. in my mind which could be helpful and it could help me to care for them potentially um but then i think a thing that i'm constantly questioning is what assumptions am i making about the other person and how or maybe this is i'm applying something that i would want to them which is to try to remember how nuanced my feeling is mm-hmm. in any moment and that and even if i say something it doesn't represent the full spectrum of how i feel about something and to be willing to continually be open um mm. that's yeah. just the first that's the reaction that i have when i think of that uh and i'm thinking of my relationship with my with my wife in particular mm. or with my family members and how i have this maybe a notion of how they might be feeling and at the same time how they feel my guess is is probably so much more nuanced than that and i might make a a guess that maybe feels right to them in that moment mm. and that could be helpful uh but also there seems something interesting to me about trying to drop that completely um mm. i don't know what do you think about that no that's a very valid point and you, you know especially what you said about maybe projecting your own uh, feeling or thoughts onto the other person uh i feel that when when our awareness is very much focused on ourselves then there might be and and the, if there is another person in in the vicinity then the, this might be a projection because i'm kind of uh you know kind of thinking about myself okay uh, let's say i'm thinking okay what what am i maybe it's it's the yeah i think it no i think i'm saying it in, in not in the right way it's not about having awareness on oneself i think it's more about having awareness on our thoughts or feelings you know so let's say there is this person in my vicinity and, and uh, i'm i'm trying to let's say not trying to or just uh, you know being thinking about that what this person is thinking about okay so 
that will lead to a projection and i believe this is very 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 common in relationships that you know mm. when partner is thinking about what the other partner is thinking and that is kind of a more kind of a rational evaluation which is not based on feeling it is just ba- based on a thought you know mm. and that might lead to a projection okay maybe you know my partner is thinking about some other uh, girl or you know or whatever that is or boy or whatever that is or maybe uh, my partner is you know uh, thinking not good about me and then that is a projection maybe that is not the true case but if i annoyed I'm, with me or something yeah yeah mm-hmm. but but if i am more into f- feeling the energy of 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 my partner you know uh, maybe uh, let's say if my partner is feeling uh, hurt and in 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 the vicinity of my partner if i'm more rather than in my thoughts if i'm just connected to the feeling i can sense that energy somehow and this is i'm saying this because this has been my experience mm-hmm. uh, i can somehow sense that energy okay you know my partner is feeling hurt then it is more of a true i think it's a, it's more authentic than just thinking about what my partner is hmm. i'm more connected to the energy part or the feeling part of it that makes a lot of sense to me which it sounds much more physical uh noticing something mm. that you feel mm. which you're receiving from them on a more kind of energy based level which has less of a thought based story to it yeah. although i imagine it's challenging to keep those separate to to just sense a feeling without adding some element of story to it uh yeah. i think that that to me that boils down to uh the present moment awareness you know mm-hmm. what is now uh-huh <laughs> i think then again you know it brings us back to this thing that if we are more aware and present in this moment with our feelings uh, or whatever is going on then i think we will be able to feel more rather than if we are thinking you know or uh, just assuming things in our mind right that feels really powerful to me because also maybe this you can tell me if this makes sense or uh, it goes back in my mind to adding an evaluation to something good or bad because mm-hmm. if you maybe sense a feeling i'm wondering if thinking is the thing that adds the evaluation in some way mm-hmm. if not for that i can just notice something that i feel that i'm getting from the other person mm-hmm. and then i can maybe share it with them but there's not an associated there's something wrong with this or mm-hmm. or this is good it's just like hey i just sense this is yeah. is that are you are you feeling something like that yeah. uh, which to me feels like a really safe and open and kind of non-judgmental way of communicating a feeling uh yeah. which then puts maybe the other person in a space where they might feel really open to share about their feeling or also inquire in the moment yeah what their feeling actually is right now versus mm-hmm. even if because that I think that's a subtle art form too uh because even if I maybe say those same words I might say them with a little hint of thought behind it which is like I mean it could be either on the side of like oh hey like are you feeling like this or if you're like hey wh- are you are you feeling annoyed or like there might be so much uh added tone yeah that is more thought based yeah. relative to something that's much more kind of questioning like oh hey i just got a notion of a feeling yeah. from you is what i guess for me that's maybe even uh a better way for me to go about it potentially for to play with of really just commenting on the feeling that i'm getting and then just putting it out there like what do you feel or or do you feel anything um because mm. then i'm putting zero sort of assumption or onus onto the other person even though it does feel to me like the feeling i'm having is being affected in some way by them mm. i'm putting all all of the ownership is mine of this feeling and then i'm just sort of throwing it back out how are you feeling yeah yeah 
and and i think another example of this can be uh, a situation where let's say your the other person in your vicinity is angry okay now what what we know is okay the the feeling is anger but maybe that that we can have like different approach to it so this is just feeling anger but if we bring thought to it then we will start thinking about okay is this person angry on me or is this person angry you know on some someone else and i think a lot of time this confusion happens in relationships where the the other person is angry or disappointed or frustrated or whatever that is and we with our thoughts we start believing that this is on me you know this is i am somehow in it and that that might not be the case you know it might be a disappointment due to something else or anger due to something else hmm. uh, something that happened with them you know during the day so i i feel that the the role of thought here is to kind of bring in uh, an illusion assumption to to what is uh and not not experience the 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 feeling of what is but kind of adding our own you know ingredients to it yeah and making it more complex actually yeah the one anger maybe sadness goes along with this too or some probably a variety of other feelings is even if it's not related to you necessarily there might be the added thinking piece implied that there's something wrong with you feeling this way mm-hmm. um even if it might you know be related to someone at work or a family member or something like that i think mm-hmm. that's one that can really subtly it can have the subtle added thought based assumption that you're angry and that's bad and you should not feel that way or you're sad and you shouldn't so let's figure out how to make you unsad mm-hmm. uh it sounds like maybe what we're describing is the potential to have a totally neutral sort of awareness of a feeling and before adding an element of good bad i want less of this i want more of this um but just an awareness of what is yeah and and that makes me think of uh like that makes me question that how do we approach small infants you know uh when when let's say an, an infant is uh angry or you know kind of shouting or throwing or, you know a child is throwing things in that case i think we as a, as a parent or someone who is watching is less judge, less less uh, judgmental in the sense that they they know that this is just a feeling this child is experiencing it is and it is not uh you know something that has to do with me or something you know i am not getting very much affected in that because i have acceptance for this child i know this child can display any feeling but when it comes to other relationships or people who are older or you know uh, you know let's say our partner our romantic partner when the same thing is happening we kind of freak out because we take it on ourselves hmm. and we have then many other thoughts associated so this again you know uh, <laughs> brings in this question of how much acceptance we have for someone's uh, feelings and what they are experiencing. Mm. It just reminded me too of I was at a a small gathering recently. I think I might have been mentioning this at the end of our last meeting because we were talking about games or I was talking about games or challenging yourself in maybe a social situation and then i was going to one shortly after that i think but just this is reminding me of at that social gathering there were a bunch of little kids there and all the adults are sitting in a room and one of the kids comes running in and just just like ah! <laughs> just screams and it's like uh for no apparent reason mm-hmm. and no one you know makes any judgment whatsoever yeah. there's more of just an awareness of yeah. oh that's happening and I mean maybe some people might say that that's bad or some people might say that's funny uh yeah. but there's if an adult did that you'd be like what the hell is wrong <laughs> with this person or like there's something really wrong here um yeah and not to say that that would be right or wrong uh but it was just making me think of that too the difference in how we might color someone else's experience mm. 
based on their age. And I was also thinking you were describing a child maybe being angry or screaming or something. And that might also be the beginning stages of, of adding these layers of thinking because maybe the parent does come to them in a tone of just like, please, will you shut up mm. kind of thing? Or, or maybe feeling bad about themselves because they can't make the child stop crying. And then that's transmitted in some way gradually over time where the child then probably develops this ingrained feeling of it's wrong to feel that way. Mm. And maybe that would lead them to try to shut off that feeling or do it more if that's the only way that they can get their parents' attention or something like that. Um, yeah, this, this is very interesting. You know, it brings us to the question that uh, why do we start expecting then adults to not experience and display such emotions? You know, maybe we are supposed to just experience and you know display and just be natural about whatever is happening but somehow we start saying that oh now you are an adult and you need to behave this way you need to do this you need to do that i'm just thinking about a world where everyone is just displaying experiencing whatever they are experiencing and even displaying that and nobody is judging them or nobody is telling them to you know behave in a certain manner and having total acceptance for it i think that for me it feels to be a more free kind of a world wherein i can express anything wherein i can you know just be anyone hmm. what do you think about that it makes me think maybe from like a a taoist point of view if that was the case then everything would just find its natural harmony and you would just sort of allow the natural, the course of nature to take place and all would fall in line perfectly uh, versus otherwise, if there's resistance and pushback, then you find yourself out of alignment with nature. Mm. Uh, but it's so ingrained, that pushback. Yeah. Yeah. So, so why do we even, my question is, why do we even start telling a, a child and why do we have this expectation of wanting an adult to behave in a different way than a child and not be true to their feelings and emotions it's all conditioning right like from from our parents and from their parents and yeah so on and so forth but but and why are we doing this conditioning like is it that we we have this idea that the idea of decorum and the idea of an organized and civilized society, uh, we have we created this idea. Uh, why are we doing it? Like, is that behavior? Like, where did that start? Yeah, yeah. You know, is that, uh, I'm just questioning that, let's say a child is having those, exp experiencing those emotions and truly expressing them. And if we keep continuing, continue to, you know, if we just continue to do that, what's, is it, is it actually coming, causing harm to this, to the world? Or is it, you know, uh, just, as you said, you know, what Lao Tzu said, it's, it's something which is a natural flow and it will eventually settle down and everything hmm. will be fine. And, and, and that that's just part of nature too. Hmm. Like developing these judgments is also maybe natural. Mm -hmm. I do kind of think that actually, or that's part of my developing philosophy of existence that because, you know, all these different spiritual traditions and they go back for thousands of years and they must have people must have been doing these kind of same things for a long time. I think there can maybe it can maybe be easy to fall into the idea that maybe someone in the time of a Buddha or a Jesus mm -hmm might have been living these ways uh, more, like more of society might have been living along with these principles. Mm. But I guess to me, it seems like it was probably just as relevant if you have people talking about these same things mm. at any point of recorded history. Mm. And so I, I guess I wonder if maybe this is just a natural part of human development that you develop an attachment to an ego self and yeah. then there's the possibility of unwinding that and like mm -hmm. 
opening back up if that's sort of a natural and neither good or bad, but just a natural course of human or conscious existence. Mm. Yeah, and, and that makes me curious that uh, is, you know, when we talk about trapped emotions, and I think we were having this discussion before this call, uh, that how emotions, if they get trapped in our body, they might, you know, eventually lead to disease in our body. So I'm thinking about because we put a, uh, you know, we, we stop people from truly expressing their emotions and releasing their emotions. Is that why there is a lot of, uh, you know, suffering inside us that we also suffer those emotions, trapped emotions from the past, you know, something happened 10 years ago, uh, you know, a divorce or, or an accident or whatever that is. And today, even today I'm suffering. Uh, is that because I was told and the society has conditioned me to not release that emotion. You know, maybe I felt like shouting at that time. Maybe I felt like throwing things. Maybe I felt like just, you know, truly releasing that from, from that energy from my body. And mm -hmm. I didn't, I was not able to do that. And that's why I'm suffering today. Do you think this is possible? I suppose so. Yeah. I guess the, maybe a question is whether or not that's just inevitable and there's no blame potentially necessary for anyone in any part of it. And this is the thing I'm thinking of. Maybe the it could even be reframed in a quote unquote positive way of maybe disease or whether that's physical or emotional or if they're co combined in some way, mm -hmm. that that's the thing that could allow you to transcend all of this suffering. It's like the, what would the word be? It's like where it comes to a head or mm -hmm. it's reached a point that where this, that all of this, stuff on top of your existence that's been added becomes very apparent and it turns into this like writhing tension and where you it's like offering you potentially to become aware of reality and in that way it could be seen as like a key because it's maybe the thing you're suffering so much that it causes you to to try to eventually you have to look into it and add it and through doing that, like all of the conditioning can sort of be deconstructed and then you can sort of break through to the other side of quote unquote enlightenment or whatever it might be, um, if that makes sense. So that maybe the, the conditioning that you or anyone suffered was maybe a needed ingredient in order for you to become awakened in some way. Mm, interesting. Uh, 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 that makes me curious that how do you uh, approach such a situation in, in your work, you know, the clients you work with, uh, let's say someone is coming up with uh, certain uh, emotions or, you know, these trapped emotions or the, the emotions that they are suffering from the past. What, what would you feel, you know, uh, is your natural way of maybe approaching those emotions for someone? Is it more of letting them release those emotions through expressing that totally? Or is it more of uh, an observation uh, way, you know, observing those emotions and then releasing them? How, how, how do you feel that can mm. be, that you approach from your end? Yeah, that's interesting. I would guess that I'm somewhere in between those, but just in the way you described that, I feel like I'm more on the ladder I, of the of just observing so it feels to me like my main intention in that situation is to really communicate to them that it's no problem for me for them to feel whatever way that they feel mm -hmm. uh, and I also don't need them to release the feeling mm -hmm. and I don't need anything from them and it's I want to show them hopefully, and hopefully this is true, that I am capable of being there with whatever it is that they bring to the table. So I've heard it described as the asocial response. So not in either direction, but you're telling me something that you might anticipate the other person would be like, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Or like, oh, I can't believe that that would happen. Or uh, some like a, a quote unquote social response where I have some added 
element of good or bad. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, it seems to me like my main intention is to be like, just reflect it back. Like, oh, so you felt, you felt that and you feel this now. And so what does that word mean to you? Like, I'm just attempting to resonate as closely as possible with the feeling, hopefully mm -hmm. without adding something on top of it that comes from maybe a thought based potentially selfish need of mine mm -hmm. for them to maybe release the feeling or whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, what do you think of that? Because there might be the implied assumption that they're coming to me for me to help them release the feeling. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm just sort of clarifying this in my mind now. Mm -hmm. I don't see my role as that. And I, hopefully I'm as clear as possible about that. Like, I might reflect back, okay, your hope is for me to mm. remove the feeling from you. But mm. it's, I also don't, from my perspective, I don't, that's not what I need to do, but I can reflect back that that's mm. what you want me to do. And mm -hmm. yeah, what do you think about all that? Yeah, it, uh, it actually makes me think about that what is, you know, again, that, that brings a thought and then that brings a uh, I'm just trying to see that what might be a very healthy way uh, for someone to, because there is this still confusion in my mind that let's say someone is coming to you with that intention of, uh, uh, you know, let's say they want to maybe release this emotion or they want to talk about this emotion because they have been experiencing. And this is what usually clients do, right? They, they talk about their emotions. So I'm just now questioning that one is making them observe those emotions or you know maybe not as you said not doing anything from my end but let them approach it in their way in the moment and let's say they they have this urge to uh, express that emotion you know let's say they want to shout you know we are having this uh, meeting with the client and they, they want to shout in that or they want to uh, maybe you know, potentially say something, some words, uh, uh, which through which they can express that. So I'm now just seeing that how I'm just questioning that, that how, how healthy is that in that sense, that mm -hmm. if they, if they do that, and I'm, I'm just questioning that, have you have had such an experience when, you know, there was this outburst of emotion mm -hmm. and how, uh, healthy that might be in this kind of a setting. Hmm. And it, I guess just as you're describing it, it feels healthy to me because it's there hmm. and it's there. It's simply there. Hmm. And I guess all I feel like I'm doing is just clearing space for whatever is there to hmm. be there yeah. and to be felt or expressed in whatever way it currently lives because it's there either way. And I guess there could be a way in which we try to make it go away. Mm. Um, and that might even be what they want. Mm. Uh, my hope is that I will have been clear enough and that, that I'm not going to, to do that. I might help you try to do it, mm. but I, this whole time I'm thinking the, I feel like the biggest thing for me is that, so A, for myself, I feel this, that I can have any feeling and there is also an underlying potential feeling or lack of feeling. Maybe this goes back to that source that might be neutral mm. in nature that, and that's okay. Like it's okay. Mm. It's okay. Whatever it is, like ultimately there's no problem with this. Even if I'm having what could be deemed a panic attack or, or something like that, there is the, and someone listening to this might feel like that's not a possibility and that's okay too. Uh, I think that's maybe the thing that I really feel in and like believe on some level that there is this, this neutral source that's beneath yeah. everything Absolutely. and, and that can be okay and has enough space to contain anything that you experience. Mm. And there's a way of coming into that, like now in this moment, regardless of whatever has happened in your life and there might be terrible things, mm. but the right now it's okay is there to, to be there with you at all times. Um, and that can include screaming or, 
or shouting like what could be called a quote unquote crazy person or yeah. it could include any of these things. So I feel like that's the thing I'm most wanting to, whether it's explicitly or implicitly kind of embody and communicate and possibly offer to the other person uh, mm-hmm. that it's okay for, for all of this to be here now in this moment. Yeah. Um, and I think maybe there's a way that that, is, that can be a really healing thing, even if you continue to experience those same feelings for the rest of your life. If there's the added element of it's okay, then it's, and it's genuine, then it's okay. But that might not be what the person came in searching for. Um, but it is also another answer that might ha- not have felt like it was an option to begin with. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, what do you th- or what do you think, or what do you do with that? Uh, I think they, I feel that there is the emotion that is there, you know, which what someone is experiencing, that can be worked in different ways. So one is maybe uh, releasing that, you know, by expressing, you know, in, in a safe space. For example, if, the, if, if the, you know, I'm having a session with the client and if they feel to urge the, to express this emotion in this space, then, then it's absolutely like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it. And, you know, they can shout, they can maybe show anger, they can whatever they want to do. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, they might, I would also make them uh, experience some other ways in which this emotion can be handled. Maybe, as you said, maybe, you know, this awareness, just observing that emotion. And once, as soon as this realization kicks in, okay, there is this awareness, which is observing that emotion, that emotion loses its power. Mm. And maybe then also potentially uh, having acceptance and love for that emotion, because what we, I think you, you previously in one of the sessions, you talked about the second arrow that, you know, how our, it is our resistance to that emotion, which actually causes the suffering. And, maybe if we stop resisting that and we have compassion and love, uh, you know, we can even breathe in and out of that emotion, uh, have compassion for it. We see that it loses its power. And, and the other thing, uh, you know, a few other things are maybe channelizing that emotion in some direction. So, mm-hmm. so uh, w- what can be done is, for example, let's say someone is experiencing this, you know, uh, huge, uh, Thing of a lot of emotions after a breakup or, or divorce. So maybe there is this potential way to channel those emotions towards working towards self-healing, self-growth, personal development. Mm-hmm. And you know, so I think it's all about how we play with those emotions rather than just keeping them trapped inside our body, which causes suffering. Mm-hmm. What do you think of? maybe on that note, finishing with some sort of, yeah, I think just experiential. It's a good uh, uh, place to now, uh, Mm. good way to now go into meditation to experience these emotions. (laughs) Great. So moving to the the final segment of this session today, we do a meditation always. We end this session with a meditation. So you can get into your meditative posture and For this meditation, I would request you to close your eyes. And as you close your eyes, you can bring your awareness to the emotions in your body right now in this moment.
and just notice and observe. Where are these emotions? Do they have a location? Can you describe this emotion? Maybe it's happiness, sadness, excitement, peace, whatever that is. Maybe there is a texture to this emotion. Maybe you can literally feel it in your body or somewhere around your body. Maybe it also has a certain temperature certain texture. Notice that how this emotion is separate from your awareness that is observing the emotion. Or maybe you can feel it as one with you. And then if this emotion is the object of observation, then who is this observer? Maybe now you can send some love to this emotion. Maybe you can breathe in and out of this area of your body where you feel this emotion using your breath to send love to this emotion.
and then gradually in your own time you can bring your awareness back to the presence of your body in your surroundings and in your own time you can open your eyes and come out of the meditation Thank you for that as always. Thank you so much. It was a wonderful discussion today. See you next time. See you. Thank you for joining us in the What is Now experience. We hope that you liked the episode. If there were any insights or ideas arising for you as you were listening to our conversation, then you can share those ideas through your comments. we would love to know stay tuned for the next episode namaste